it's time. Once again, talking shoot. Chris Schuster, and I'm going to break it down. Sash isn't with me today, but guess what? There's enough on the plate where Sash can join me another time. We'll dissect even further. But right now, my take on the Michigan Wolverines, and it's a controversial one. Uh, I had a lot of friends coming at me. And, you know, I've got some good friends that, you know, kind of think that talking shoot is kind of like a joke. Uh, I come hard, boys. I come super hard. And I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen like I have in the past. And if you listen, you might learn something. Don't go against the grain, guys, on this one. I know what I'm talking about. And here's my thing. Shea played good, and, and I can admit that. I want Shea to play well. That's the quarterback of my team. Okay, uh, I don't really care about the Lions anymore. So, uh, like a lot of us, you know, I love to love the Lions, but I just, I know Matt Stafford's a leader, and he's just, he's not the type of leader that I think wins ball games. Um, I think he'd be a quarterback on a very good team. I don't think he'd mess it up for anybody, but I don't think he's the guy that's going to take you over the hump. With that being said, the main knock on Shea Patterson that rears its ugly head. And this was Middle Tennessee State, everyone. <laughs> I mean, wait till we start playing actual opponents. When the pressure's on, he gets swallowed up. And he's just too small to make a play when when he gets converged on by a bigger lineman or a linebacker. Um, it's just that we've seen it. And if you watch the Notre Dame game last year very closely, don't just say you... You know everything about Shea, and I'm just talking shit because sometimes I like a guy and I'll just talk shit. This isn't one of those times. I've watched this very closely. Shea has the tools around him, especially if Zach Charbonnet is going to play like he did last week. I know it's Middle Tennessee once again. This kid looked like the real deal in his first game ever. And I think with a running game, there is no excuses and did Shea play some good ball? Yeah. There was points where he played pretty decent. Did Dylan look any better when he came in? I can't say he did. There was some ball hogging in the red zone. Um, I don't know if he called the same play three times or he just wanted to put his head down and go for it. Uh, we all seen that. We wanted all wanted to see Dylan throw the rock. Um, we didn't see that, so there's really no judgment you know what I mean? It's not like I can say, well, Dylan was pin-placing the ball. No, Shea looked better throwing the ball that week. The thing that kills me is the pedigree, okay? The the McCaffrey pedigree. Dad, wide receiver in the NFL, 10 years, couple Super Bowls. Um, brother, Panthers, uh, could be the league MVP this year um, if he plays like he did last year. I mean, this guy, he's got the pedigree. He's done it in high school, hardest uh, high school league to play, and he, he produced titles, okay? This kid's got what it takes. Now, I, I like Shea. I like him to a certain point, but I will say this. I never believed in a two-quarterback system, and then I seen this team, and it's exactly what they need. And I think Joe Milton is actually the best quarterback on this team. Is he the most polished? No. Don't get me wrong, okay? I'm not going to spout off some things, but I will say this. Can, is he the fastest? 
Yes. Is, does he have the most arm strength? Yes. Accuracy? We haven't seen it yet. Okay. Uh, smarts for the game? I don't know yet. Okay. There's a couple things we don't know about Milton, but what I've seen, the intangibles, the kid is a beast. And I, I just, like I said, against Notre Dame, it showed me a lot because Michigan was in that game. Okay. And he didn't do anything. Okay. He didn't produce any points. Was that the play calling? Yes. The new OC looks a lot better. Uh, a lot better play calling this week. Um, obviously it was just the first week, but you could tell there was a major difference. Um, but I think that Shea, you know, I just think he's limited on size. We've seen Johnny Manziel when he when he finally made the pros, how his size just didn't enable him to be a great player. And I just think, I just think that uh, that's what's happening in the college game to Shea Patterson. Now, I've had a couple guys, you know, just basically just come out and say, "You're bashing them. You're bashing them." Listen. I can't get certain things out of my head. And when I seen them rear up against Middle Tennessee, when you're already frustrated with the kid and his first play is a fumble, um, you know, it, it took me to a dark place and I overreacted and I can admit that, okay? But you don't get anywhere by saying agreeable things and, and comments that everyone else makes. I'm going to give you straight-up shit that you probably don't want to hear. If you're a Michigan homer, you don't want to hear this. You don't want to hear that your program's an average program and you think you're Alabama. Because guess what, guys? Everyone wants to be Alabama. Michigan has had a great program throughout the years, maybe the greatest, okay? And we all want that again, but guess what? Right now, we're not that team. We're not there yet. So to get there... You have to do the intangibles, like Alabama, national title game, starting two in the second half. We all seen that Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback. We all know that. We Like I said, Shea's not a bad player. He's not horrible. You know, I might have called him horrible and said some crazy things, but I know he's not a horrible player. But if he's not playing well, I that's where the problem lies, okay? That's where the major problem lies with the difference of, of what I might say and what I mean. Here's what I mean. If he's not playing well, let's not just lose a game and go, well, Shea got his lumps. What does Shea getting his lumps have to do with my program? That's a personal player, and he take, oh, he take his lumps. He's going to grow at the next level. That'll help him in the pros. I don't give a fuck about his pro career. I'm talking about right now. You have to win every game or lose one game. Whatever you have to do to get to that point, is what you have to do. So that's what I'm trying to tell you guys is like sometimes I get outrageous and I do. And I'll admit it. And here's what I meant was when he's playing bad, you got guys like Milton on the bench. Let's see what they can do. If you have Shea's uh, three and out four or five times in a row and you got a guy like McCaffrey and Milton on the bench, you don't just go, well, we lost this game because Shea's not – Shea's obviously the guy. Well, sometimes maybe Dylan's Dylan's obviously way better in the pocket as far as 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 when the play breaks down, he can get those extra yards. If you want to be honest with yourself, watch the tape on this last week and future games last season. I mean, uh, past games. Um, when when a guy touches Shea, he's down. Okay, 
He doesn't break tackles, okay? Like, it took five guys to bring Dylan down. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. You have to evaluate every angle. What we've seen from Jim Harbaugh and his track record was a guy like Kareem Walker. You can give me all the spiel about how he didn't make the grades and this and that, and I get that part of it, okay? But the kid was an NFL talent. There's no doubt about that. He was running a 4-2, and he was a beefy kid. He had the size, the strength. He looked like a Bo Jackson type. You know, obviously not Bo Jackson, but a broke man's Bo Jackson. There was no reason you start a 5'9 Karan Higdon, who was a working man's pro. I mean, like, the guy worked his ass off to get where he's at. Don't get me wrong. But he had he was not a 4 or 5 star guy that you could just slot in. I mean, this kid worked for everything he earned, and that's great. Don't get me wrong. You need guys like that, too. But he's not your feature back. On a, on, on a team where I want to be, he's not your feature back. You can accept it because you're a homer or whatever it is that you just go, well, he makes a big money to make the decisions, and you obviously aren't there, so I'll take his word for it. Well, take his word for it, and guess what else you can take? A big fat L, okay? Because that's what he'll be getting. If you can't understand that Zach Charbonnet is your best running back and maybe your damn best running back in a while, okay, you put him in there and you don't fuck around. You don't bring all these other running backs in. I get sharing the load. You bring, makes kids interested in this and that. But if, if Zach's hot, leave him in there. Like, it's simple. It's not rock. It is rocket science, but it's not. Like, I, I just, it kills me. And I can't go by, like, one thing that kind of proves my point was when I called for Peters and everyone was talking shit, talking shit. Peters comes in, he wins a couple games and really looked really good. If he didn't get the concussion or whatever, we, we don't know. He could have been, he could have stayed a little longer. Um, he's looking good in Illinois. Um, is he great? No, but was he the best player at the time? Yes. Where was he behind Rudock? Behind other guys that he was better than. And if not better than, he had more upside. Um, Rudock had two games at the end of the season, and somehow he had a great season. No. He lost the, uh, you know, he lost the game in Iowa, and he just didn't, it wasn't like he played great. He, He had a lot of talent around him. I mean, you know, I just shit on Karan Higdon, but he was a decent player. Like, he had some good receivers. He had this and that. Like, I just wanted you guys to know that just because I don't make the money to call the decisions doesn't mean you can't you can't put your spin and your thoughts on the on what's going on. And sometimes, if you watch it closely enough, you can be right and the coaches can be wrong. Okay, like we don't know the whole story. I'll give you guys that. Like, I don't know if Shea balls out in practice and he's a good leader and he works hard, so they give him, you know, they give him the team. Well, that's all fine and dandy, but when you're playing like shit and you can't lose a game, okay, then you got to start thinking about what you got to do to win the game. I'm not, that's all I'm saying. And, you know, Jim Harbaugh's had problems with the depth chart. It goes all the way back to the Niners. When he started Colin Kaepernick over Alex Smith, when Alex Smith was just fine, Alex Smith went to the Chiefs and played tremendous football. Uh, he went to the Washington, played tremendous football. Um, 
Obviously, Colin Kaepernick played pretty good that year, but he brought a running element to the game. But Alex Smith was arguably the better player. And what happened was Colin Kaepernick, you know, got the job. And what did he do? Let's go. Let's go on from Colin Kaepernick's last year or two years and to Alex Smith's time during those two years. Alex Smith played way better than Colin Kaepernick. It's not even a question. He did some other janky shit with the with the lineup. You know, he was, he was fucking around with offensive linemen and, and, you know, guys that were all pros. He's sitting them and playing, you know, he, he, he does weird shit that costs us ball games. So while my knock seems to be against Shea, it's really against Harbaugh's decision-making on the depth chart, which I don't think he has down like everyone thinks, okay? And that's what really hurts me. And uh, I, I forgot the guy's name. I really have. I used to say his name three times a night before I went to bed. <laughs> he was a defensive end out of Florida. Uh, fucking really good player. Five-star. He's broke his leg twice. He's supposed to be back this year. Uh, haven't seen him. Haven't heard of him. But when I'm seeing a guy like Cootie Pay, who has the NFL size, he's not slow. Um, it didn't really look like he was getting off the ball as quick as he, like, a, a really, really, really good player would. Um, but, I mean, I can't knock Cootie Pay uh, for, like, you know, I, I'm not saying he's a bad player. That's what I'm saying. Don't get me wrong, okay? But he wasn't getting off the ball, and he wasn't really playing good run D. I mean, what was he doing? You know what I mean? Like, he, there wasn't, like, he wasn't, he was there, and he's a big body, and he looks like he should be a great player, but he wasn't playing great. Now, if you have some kids underneath him that are, uh, could possibly play better, take them out. If the guy's not playing well, it's college. It's not, you're not paying a guy millions, so you have to worry about, ah, playing him and this and that. You know, you bitched about the kid that went to Alabama Hill and then you know he comes back and you're you're worried about where you're putting him and if you play him a lot and this and that like just play the fucking kid or don't and if the kid's a five star on a on a defense where a lot of guys left he should be playing <laughs> like that's the difference between Clemson, Oklahoma and, and Alabama and all the other schools is they're not afraid to take a shot. They're not. You ever watch college football and you're like, damn, that team's playing good. Trace McSorley, he's a freshman. Look at that, he's playing good. They won for a bunch of ball games. Well, guess what? You're gonna have to play talented freshmen if you want to win. That's what you have to do. Like, I think he's stuck in the old Lloyd Carr, which is, oh well, when you're a junior, we'll play you. And I think that hurts your ball team. I don't think that that's the proper thinking. I think that's outdated, antiquated thinking. And I think that that hurts us really badly. Yes, Shea came over in a transfer. Uh, what is he doing? Does he have, like, some naked pictures of Jim's wife? Or does he, he like, did he get paid and he said, I'll tell everyone if, if you don't play me? Because there's been times where he hasn't played well. And he's still in the ball game. Like, it's life or death if he's in there. If he hasn't done anything all game, chances are he won't. That's all I'm saying, you know what I mean? Like, I want Shea to do good. Does he have a special, like, did he play really fucking good in, like, uh, parts of that game? Yes. But did he start off slow? Yes. 
Did he get hot? Yes. Did then he did he come down to earth and have a couple shitty series? Yes. Elite college football quarterbacks and offenses don't have shitty series like that. Okay, guys? Like when you're doing your evaluation of Shea before you start drooling all over and coming at me like a rabid dog, understand that look at Jalen Hurts. And, oh, that's Jalen Hurts, man. Yeah. Jalen Hurts who got kicked off Alabama. Okay, so it's not like he was like, if you got kicked off Alabama, I mean, come on, you know, like he went to Oklahoma, guys playing amazing ball, but I'm just saying like, there's when you're when you when you're a good team, this is what's gotta happen. And Alabama didn't do that this week, okay? It, it happened with the Lions in the preseason, okay? This is what kills me about football. I hope someone hears this and understands what I'm talking about. If you have all season and you had a fucking disappointing season, okay, you've had all off season, and this really kills me in the pros, right? So I'll talk about the pro game first. You have all off season. The Lions had a shitty season. Everyone's excited for football. You come out and what did you do this preseason? Did you even like? I mean, it looked like. Coach Salter was back, dude. I guarantee you Coach Salter could have coached better than, than Matt Patricia. It, it was it was sloppy football. Everyone was offsides and neutral zone infraction and fucking, it was the sloppiest football. Now, you're telling me as a fan, right, because I'm supposed to love the Lions. I, I'm supposed to sit there and, and eat that, that, that shit that they're serving, dude? Like... Hey, it's just the preseason. Don't worry about it. Well, you know what? I'd like to see a well-coached team regardless of what fucking game it is. And if you're a new coach in this league, second year, and your team comes out looking like a slot bucket, I mean, it says something about you when you're a fucking 375-pound slob coming out there and your team looks like shit. And, you know, I, I remember good coaches... You come out, and even in the preseason, the guys are hungry, and the shit's organized, and the timing's there and all that. It didn't look like that. And don't treat Matt Stafford like he's some kind of fucking all-time great, please. Like, well, we won't play him that much in the preseason. That just tells everyone one thing. The offensive line fucking sucks, okay? You can say what you want. They just don't play him. The games don't mean nothing. The offensive line sucks, and you didn't want to get him hurt. Just say what the truth is, please. Like, don't fuck around with some bullshit. Just say what the truth is, okay? And, I mean, like, as far as, as as the other aspect goes with college, it's the same thing. If you're a good college team and you had all year, look what Jim Harbaugh did. What, he lose his last three games or whatever the fuck it was? It was a tremendous, horrendous season. Ohio State whooped their ass and they lose in the bowl game and it was a fucking mess, right? Well, you come out and you've come out flat as fuck to Middle Tennessee and then you guys want to tell me, it's okay, it's okay, they won the game, didn't they? That's not how the fucking, that's not how it all works, guys. You had all fucking season to stew on that shitty performance that Ohio State put 70 fucking five on your ass, whatever the fuck it was. And you come out with a with a fumble on your first possession, down seven most of the first half to fucking Middle Tennessee, and you're trying to tell me, like, uh, like get fucking serious. What you should have done, was scoring your first fucking drive and stop the living shit out of that team 50 to nothing, you know, 50 uh, fucking 58 to 2, 58 to 7, you know what I mean, some, some fucking crazy number, you barely fucking squeaked by, 
You know, and on the other side, I won't leave Sparty out. You did the same fucking thing. Oh, they did good. They good. You barely beat Tulsa by a couple scores, man. You want to win the goddamn playoffs and all this shit? You want to be top five? You got to stomp these fucking teams. This isn't fucking just play ball. This is no preseason shit. Leave the team in it and all this shit. You stomp on people nowadays. Because that one little performance where you fucking barely beat Middle Tennessee, that could be the, the breaking point between the playoffs and the whatever. Okay? Like, it's very, very minuscule what you have to do to get in the playoffs nowadays. So I'm just trying to give you guys why I was so overreactive in the game. And yeah, we won. But really, it's almost like a fucking loss, man. You come out flat as fuck. What's that tell you? You know, Jim Harbaugh makes millions of dollars in, to coach a football team, and a team comes out flat as shit. And, and it's what does that tell you? Like, if you're going to be a fan, don't just eat every little slop that they throw you. Be selective with the menu. Call it out when, it's, when you see it. Hey, look at them guys. It looks like shit out there. Not just like, we'll come around, we'll come around, it's early, it's early. What's early? You had all fucking year. These guys work all year. This ain't no, they don't just meet in a couple months before the season and get it going. They, they practice all year round nowadays. And it's just, like, like I said, like, I was just so sad to see some of you dumbass fans out there, or some of you guys are my buddies, and just, be patient, be patient. Well, guess what? What does patient get you? You know what it gets you? 65 against Ohio State on your ass, dude. That's what patient gets you. We were patient all year that year, weren't we? And we got our ass fucking handed to us. You want to win or don't you? That's what I'm just trying to tell you, people. I'm showing you how to win, what you need to look for. You think you think we're going to do something if you, you let Middle Tennessee State in the game for fucking most of the game? You think we're going to beat fucking Wisconsin? I'll tell you right now, any team that's any good will beat us because we're not that good. You can blame whatever you want to blame it on. I think Jim Harbaugh got cocky on recruiting, and let's just think about it. Let's think about it like this. I tell people this all the time. You got those wide receivers. You got those three quarterbacks. Shea's good. I'm not – let's go like this. I think there's some flaws in Shea's game. I think he's better than average, Okay. Now, here's where it gets tricky, okay, because if you've got all that, but you can't get a five-star running back to come here, like, what, what is going on? Throughout the history of, of Michigan, you've had a good quarterback, a great wide receiver, and a great running back. You have to have the triple threat monster. If you come into a season, and it's been, what, two, three, four years since you've had a you haven't had a four or five star running back, well, besides Kareem Walker, and now Zach's a three and a half, four star. But, you know, you haven't had a, a, a really elite running back. Why? I remember Tyrone Wheatley. Remember when Tyrone Wheatley played? You know, and, and Tim Biakabatuka, and uh, A Train, Anthony Thomas, and, uh, you know, there's Mike Hart was decent. You know, I mean, like. They need a running back, fellas. Zach looks decent. But I, it's just, you get one guy that's like, turns your head, Hill, and he looked really bad that game. But, I mean, I like him, so I'll be like you guys. Let's be patient. There was a lot of fucking, uh, there was a lot 
of things I liked about the secondary. Uh, I thought that Ambry Thomas played his ass off. Um, you know, I, I'm just talking about playing wise. Michigan has a better secondary than, um, a lot of teams. I think with Ambry Tom, if he's going to play at that level, that's your last resort guy type deal. If he plays like that, you got an elite secondary. And when Hill finally does come around, it's only going to add to the mix. Um, the line needs some work. Uh, Hutchinson looked good, but he wasn't explosive, but he wasn't horrible. I think he, he'd be better off suited on the inside. They had him there a little bit. Um, he's getting bigger and bigger. I just don't know about the speed factor, you know, like I'm, and, and here's my thing too, guys, is people get mixed up in a lot. And it's funny to me is they say, well, yeah, well, a defensive end at Florida, that's the SEC. They're supposed to be tall and lanky and speedy. But when you get to the Big Ten, it's supposed to be like this. And it's supposed to be, no, that all that shit has gone the window. That's so antiquated thinking. Like, it, it literally, look at Clemson. They're in a shitty conference. And, like, they had the best defensive line and maybe college football history last season, one of them. I mean, you know, in recent years especially, but, you know, Alabama, every year they roll out these all pros pretty much at, on the defensive line. And you got to have the top players. And I think Jim started getting those guys, and when Rashawn Gary came out and said it's like a fucking drill sergeant, no one has any fun, don't come here. That's basically what he said. People, you notice the recruiting kind of dropped off. We had a top 10 recruiting class. After that, we've gotten, yeah, we get top 15, top 20, but we need top five. There's no reason why Ohio State should be out recruiting us every year. Every year for the past 20 years, it seems like. I mean, how many times have we beat them in the past 20 years in recruiting? Maybe twice, three times? We're a bigger school where, you know, it's, it's, we don't pay our guys. Okay. They did it dirty. I understand. But I just think that this program is an elite program and I want to see it back there guys. And to do that, I'm giving you the blueprint to do that. And if you want to follow the bullshit that they have let out to you and trust that bullshit that they're feeding you. Go ahead. And if you want me to uncover that bullshit and show you what really needs to happen, then then all you guys that know that I've predicted tons of shit, especially when it comes to Michigan. I'm like a fucking encyclopedia of that shit. Follow me, boys, because I tell you this. I will get us on the right track. And we're going into this week. We'll talk a little bit about it real quick. Uh, Army... Um, it's going to tell us guys, let's, let's be honest. Okay. Let's, let's army's got a lot of starters coming back. Okay. They weren't that bad. You know, they haven't been horrible. They haven't been great. Um, I think this is going to tell us a lot and are they better than middle Tennessee state? Um, I mean like is army better than middle Tennessee state. That's arguable. Like most people would probably say, yeah, right. Well, here it is, you know? If now 
I will say this, where I knocked you guys for saying, it's early. I will say this. If they come out and they blow out Army really badly, it shows progression. And I can't knock that, and I can't say that that won't happen. I think that Michigan has a team full of guys that are really good, and maybe they do need progression, and it is early. However, I would have liked to see more, you know, um, more vigor, more more uh, want to to get out there and play this first game. They didn't. If they come out the second game and Cootie Pay plays really good, and there's a few things, you know, the defense plays better, and and the uh, Shea's on point, then the progression is on on track, and and maybe we will have a good season. But as far as it goes right now. That's just wishful thinking, guys. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, let's get, like, think about it seriously. If they come out and have a tight game against our, it shows you where we're at. That's where you have to gauge. If they have a tight game against Army, they will lose to Wisconsin. I'm telling you right now, if they have a tight game against Army, they will lose to Wisconsin. And if we play Wisconsin, if we blow out Army, then uh, we beat Wisconsin by a score or two, like probably two, hopefully, then then we're right on track for that blueprint that I'm talking about. So let's hope everything goes. And I'm not trying to, you know, rile anybody up. I wanted, We all want the same thing, which is to win, okay? I'm just sick of giving Harbaugh a free pass. And let me, let me tell you guys something, too, okay? Because I know, guys, the first thing everyone says is, well, if you're so good, how come you don't coach the team? Well, I believe in Harbaugh. I do. Even though I knocked his Duff chart and all that shit, who who better to coach this team than Harbaugh? I said Jim Harbaugh should have been the coach when I was like 14 years old. Asked Jeff Davis. He did too. We had this planned out since we were little kids. He's here. Is he the worst coach? No. Is he the best coach? I would say no right now. Does he have Does he have what it takes to be the best coach? I would say yes, <laughs> but players make the coach, and I told you he's been stumbling in recruiting, and I think he's been kind of cocky where he thinks he can do what D'Antonio did, and he hasn't. He hasn't done, and I'll tell you one thing, too, is when you think like that, you're wrong. We're a different program than Michigan State. I'll give all the credit in the world to Michigan State, what they've done, Okay. But can I give? Can I tell you something right now? In their heyday, who was their running back? Le'Veon fucking Bell. I mean, I don't care where he came out, three-star, four-star, whatever. He was a fucking five-star when he played in college. He was great. Great. Look what his teams did in college. Good God. So we haven't had a running back of that elite stature. And he's, you know, State's had two, three quarterbacks that have been to the pros and actually play in the pros still, not like guys like Rudock who held a clipboard. Um, so don't get these average players and think you can coach them up because you haven't done that. This is Michigan, a top program, and guess what? You can get those top kids. Focus on that. And, yeah, you're going to have some loose wheels and some – you're going to have guys that just don't pan out like Kareem Walker, and it's going to happen. But the more five stars, the more four stars, the more cream of the crops, if you got a team full of four and fives, look what happens. Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, 
Ohio State. That's what you get there. Even on their bad years, it's like one of our best years. You know, you just never know. And I think he's done that at the quarterback position where we're loaded and receivers hot and there's a lot of good players everywhere else. It's time to reel it in. You're, it's kind of like the Tigers when they had no second baseman, you know, and then they got Polanco and then they had no relief pitching. And then, you know, it's like they, they were just always missing a cog. When you're this elite program, you should never be missing a cog. Alabama doesn't miss cogs. Clemson doesn't miss cogs. Those elite programs don't miss. And you look at even teams like Auburn. They're missing like a cog here and there. And that's why you see little losses and whatnot. But those teams are fucking great, dude. I mean, if you play Michigan against Mississippi State, we're going to get our ass kicked, dude. I mean, it's just they're, it's, they're great players, great teams. They're, they're kind of even with us. And they have if they have an elite running back and we don't, they're going to win. As simple as that. And that's why those teams like Clemson and Alabama win every game because they don't have any missing cogs. They've got two, three running backs. Look at Alabama last year. Look at how many running backs they had. Are you kidding me? I mean, they didn't win the title, but, uh, God, that team was loaded, and so was Clemson. Clemson was loaded. So um, I'm just giving you guys the blueprint. I had to come out and say it. I'm looking forward to the season. Um, Let's see if Jim can get it right. Uh, I think he did a decent job this first game, but it wasn't amazing. They got away with it. They kind of knew they were going to win the game. But going forward, let's see what happens. And don't just eat the bullshit, guys. That's all I'm saying. And this has been Chris with Talking Shoot. For more Talking Shoot, you can always go on and and try to uh, go on the Anchor app or uh, iTunes. And even Cave Radio has a few of our episodes. And look us up on Twitter and Instagram, Talking underscore Shoot, at Talking Shoot. And we will talk to you soon. We'll be back soon, Sundays. Don't forget, Sash and me will be back. Uh, we're ready, man. And uh, like I said, all you guys out there, love us or hate us, we love you. And uh, one day it'll all commence and we'll all have a great time. Um, hey, this has been Talking Shoot. We're out.